everybody. Before we get to Beth Ann, I want to give a quick shout out. Today's sponsor is Herbal Active. We'll talk more about them in just a second. And we also have a very exciting uh, NLU piece of news to share. Tron, what, uh, what's going on? I keep hearing about this nest thing, and I'm, you know, I'm in the C-suite, so I don't. Am I allowed to be in the nest? What is the nest? Tell me about it, Randy. The well, first of all, yes, of course you're allowed to be in the nest. Uh, the nest is open to anybody who wishes to join. It's think of it kind of as a golf society within the No Laying Up universe. You know how those Scottish, you know, golf societies form around. You know, there could be like ten different clubs around one course. Ladies Putting Society. Ladies Putting Society. Yeah, we we, we want to do that. Uh, it's kind of a modern interpretation. We, we want to take that feel and, you know, create kind of a, a an online, if you will, golf club, uh, but hopefully, like, make it as real life as possible. So I think, you know, when we started No Laying Up, it was, you know, all we wanted to do was, like, meet other passionate fans of the game of golf and we've done that and it's taken place you know at first it was mostly in the digital world and I think you know as as this has grown we've been really fortunate to start making friends and connections in real life all across the globe and I think the overarching thing what we want to do with the nest is like how can we help facilitate other people to make those real life connections through the game of golf um so what, what, like, you know, what is it? So it's a, uh, think of it as like a membership, right? Okay. It's, there are two pricing options. You know, you can pay $9 a month or $90 annually. Um, all this information you can go to. Beta, Is yeah. it still going to be beta until we go to the. Yeah. Beta.nolayingup.com. Okay. Slash join. Yeah. Just go to the, re- you just, just go to the refuge. I guess we're going to have a post about it on the site too, right? Yeah. There's a ton of information on our message board, the refuge. Um. So what do the members get? I'm sure you're... That's what I'm wondering. I'm sure about. you're wondering. Um, so monthly members, they'll get a host of uh, a host of little treats. Um, one of the big things is they'll have access to an easy-to-use directory of other members. Uh, we hope that this will allow people to you know, find a game of golf, whether in their hometown, maybe they're traveling on the road, want to link up. Uh, maybe you just want to go grab a beer with like, another golf fan maybe watch coverage on the weekend or something uh beyond that though nest members will be the first to know about every nlu event and they'll be given first opportunity to sign up which we're doing going to do more of those in 2020 which is yeah definitely uh, a priority for us they'll get discounts on merchandise so monthly members receive free shipping on all domestic orders in the pro shop Annual members receive 15% off every purchase, uh, no matter what, all throughout the year. Oh, you're cutting into my margins here, man. I, I know, man, but we're <laughs> trying to make the people happy. Uh, there's a monthly member podcast, which will be um, kind of on a separate feed. People have access to that. The first one's been recorded. We have a number of great stories. We talk about our backgrounds, how we got into the game of golf. Uh, I believe there's the Matt Kuchar story. Explaining some of our inside jokes and yeah. dumb humor. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then kind of what we hope will be a little cherry on top, the Nest Invitational Tournament. The NIT? Yeah. Um, annual members will be eligible to qualify for the NIT. And, you know, this is kind of from our demented minds, but we're we're going to build out, you know, think of it part club championship and part like pure spectacle and kind of end of year party uh so lots of other benefits uh several that i haven't named here but people can go again beta.nolayingup.com slash join was alpha.nolayingup.com taken yeah the beta is because we are undergoing a big uh website redesign okay and we haven't released the full uh, new website yet so for the time being it's it's beta.nolayingup.com slash join um, I, I do want to stress the last thing, if, you know, if membership isn't for you or if it's just, you know, not in the cards right now, no problem. Come to the refuge, always free, you know, chop it up with us. Everybody, um, the, the refuge, our message board will be the central hub for everything. And whether you're, you know, a Nest member or not, you can post, you can read everything. Uh, it, it's all right there. And 
all the content that we've done to date stays free. It stays on all the same channels. Uh, so it's not like we're putting tour sauce or, you know, strapped or anything like that behind behind a paywall or anything. Always that was important to us in the C-suite. You know, the, the strap boys were lobbying for, you know, hey, can we make strapped a, a subscription-only thing? We said, no, we got to... We gotta look out for the people. You're you're a scumbag. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, that's the nest. We're excited. We're we've just launched. Um, well, today is Thursday, November twenty first. So depending on when you're listening to this, uh, we've just launched this week. There may be a bug or two, as there always is. But just be patient, get involved, and uh, yeah, we're excited about this. And you get a member gift if you sign up for the yearly yeah yeah because which i think you will be I'm working on prominently yeah. Yeah. involved in uh yeah so let's uh quickly before we get to beth ann uh today's sponsored by our friends at herbal active herbal active uh yeah i mean i'm a god i think i'm probably the most loyal user now <laughs> i didn't really know anything about cbd until a couple months ago and then started using it and I'm like, man, this is this shit actually works. You're kind of becoming evangelical about yeah, it, which yeah. is which like, is cool to see. I'm like the guy out on the street corner with the sign, you yeah. know, the John three sixteen sign. But it's Tron's yeah. Tron's holding CBD saves uh-huh. signs uh, <laughs> up on the corner of the A one A. So yeah, Herbal Active Trap Draw twenty discount code. So go to herbalactive.com. U R B A L A C T I V dot com. Enter the promo code TRAPDRAW20, 20% off your purchase. And now on to Beth Ann. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back uh, to another edition of the Trap Draw. This is a very special Trap Draw. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by Tron Carter. Tron, how are you? I'm great, Randy. It's great to be here at the Ritz. I know you feel right at home. Uh, well, I was going to say, it's uh, that's not quite why I th- was thinking it was special, but it is, of course, nice to be at the Ritz. I think this is the first time the Trap Draw has gone on the road for an in-person interview. We're all grown up now. Yeah, we're, yeah. you know, <laughs> we've spread our wings, and um, here we are. So we are at the CME LPGA Tour Championship in Naples, Florida, at the Tiburon uh, Golf Resort, and that great laughter you heard, we are joined by the LPGA, what I consider to be the LPGA subject matter expert, uh, Beth Ann Nichols. Beth Ann, uh, so glad you could join us again. How are you? Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we pulled you out of the media center. I know this is a busy week for you, so we we really appreciate the time. Uh, I love the Ritz too. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> well, well I, I just say that too because everybody thinks you know. I'm not sure if you've seen Strapped, which is one of our video series, but Randy, everybody you know thinks that Randy is this kind of down home guy. He's right at home here. At the Ritz. <laughs> That's- Tron, Tron loves just stirring up the people. Um, <laughs> I will say, though, it's easy to get comfortable here. Yeah. Uh, he made me take him over to the Ritz Beach Resort. Oh, the, yeah, the wow, other Ritz that's really hoity-toity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, were, we were sipping beers on the beach. Uh, that, that was nice. Um, well, for anybody, I, we were saying the last time we spoke was just after the Women's British Open in, you know, middle of August. And, you know, quite a bit has happened on the LPGA Tour since then. And so I think the goal for today's podcast, uh, you know, kind of catch up on some of the bigger items of the LPGA Tour, uh, set the stage for this weekend, and then, you know, hopefully turn a little eye towards 2020 and beyond and get your thoughts, you know, on where the tour's headed and things are doing well and some things you maybe would like to see them do a little bit better. So Sounds great. Can All we right. start off with something that's just near and dear to my heart? Please, mm. please. The Aeon Risk Reward Challenge. <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of controversy on that this year. First of all, you had Leanne Pace yeah. withdrawing. 
um, earlier in the season. So take us back to that. What what happened there? She she made a quad. She she did. To be fair, though, she she had been struggling with injuries okay. for a while, and and it did it did look a little sketchy <laughs> for, for a dry after that, but. But I mean, she was gonna quit the game. She was gonna leave okay. the tour. I mean, it was her her health was a, a serious problem. So the only reason she even kept playing the last few events on the LPGA this year was was to try to win this million dollars because her sister was like, "Oh, by the way, you're in the running for this thing." And she's like, "For what?" <laughs> she's That's like, so "For a million dollars." She's like, "I have no idea what what you're talking about." So it was it was kind of fascinating that that somebody was continuing on their their career for just you know one more year to to try to try to win this life-changing million dollars you know and uh and uh and and then she ran out of events because she didn't qualify for the asian events and so uh she couldn't make a a final push her her last event was in texas Um, but that's kind of wild that like you can i mean it's kind of within the rules to you can withdraw if, if the, yeah. If you make a quad on that a on risk reward challenge hole for that week, and so the same. Th- so I guess, um, and then Carlotta won it. Carlotta won it. She did. She she uh, lot of eagles. <laughs> She's but this is perfect for her. She's, but didn't she skip some of the final events to just to protect her lead, or was that? Or I, am I making that up? You know, we may have gotten some faulty information. You might there. have to look. I don't. I don't think so. Maybe that's just wishful thinking. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that this whole thing is just, you know, this game within the game, right? I mean, but it's it's a it's a lot of money for for, for anyone. Sure. Carlotta Sagana came in yesterday uh, to to accept her prize of one million dollars, and when I asked her to just put into perspective what that kind of money means to her and and means to to LPGA players to be. Um, competing for that kind of bonus money, she she broke down in tears, and I, it completely caught me off guard. She looked back at Mike Juan in the back of the room, the commissioner and her parents, and and just was overcome with emotion. and And I just think the magnitude of the moment kind of uh, set in for her. And, and obviously, this is a player that's already made um, you know four million dollars plus off the golf course, so it's not like she hasn't already made quite a bit of money. But um, but it. It's, it's meaningful out here because it, it doesn't happen all the time. <laughs> well, you were telling us a, a statistic uh, before we, we hit the record button. kind of puts into perspective, you know, what a million-dollar bonus means, you know, to any LPGA player. Right. We, we, uh, we have a money issue that just this came out for Golf Week for our last issue of the year. And in that issue, Stacey Lowe wrote a guest column for us. And she she talks about how she didn't want to go out to the Houston Open that was going on in her backyard because it really bothered her uh, how different you know a, a run of the mill PGA Tour event all the all the perks that they get with not even a top thirty player in the world in the field compared to to what an LPGA major looks like, you know, and in terms of the equipment vans that are out there, the the courtesy cars that are given, all the bells and whistles that come along. And then, oh, by the way, there's the purse. And then when you look at the total amount of money that the men play for versus the women, including bonus money, it's 17%. So it's, you know, when the women are talking about playing for more money and, and, and equal purses, truly they're really not expecting equality. <laughs> they just can't we do better than 17 <laughs> percent you know that that's that was the point of Stacy's column I mean we're a long way from from making equal money but but 17 percent surely you know that people like aon are helping to to push the envelope here and giving a one million dollar prize to the to both the PGA tour winner and the LPGA winner of their challenge and it was this I felt a significant message the staggering part about that too is I'm reading Mike Wan's uh letter that I guess mm. they posted either yesterday or today. Since 2010, they've experienced a 50% increase in tournaments and an 80% increase in purse levels. Exactly. It's still exactly. Yeah, I mean, there's no question that Mike Wan has had an extraordinarily successful a 10-year campaign at the LPGA and, and looking at where they, they've come from in, in, in 2010 to, to now. Um, but, you know, as he also says in his letter, you know, we've we've got to keep charging ahead. I'm not done yet. There's so much more mm-hmm. that needs to be done. And, and you know, why aren't – it's not just a value statement to say that you're, 
you know, companies are for inclusion and diversity and, and equal opportunity, you know, put the marketing dollars behind that. Mm-hmm. Well, let's, uh, I think that's a good segue to, to talk about, you know, this week and, and mm-hmm. what the CME uh, Tour Championship represents to women's golf. I'll let you kind of explain for anybody that's not aware this is uh, the, the biggest purse in the history of, of women's golf. Is that, is that it's, right? It's the biggest first place prize first in the place history prize. of women's okay. golf. Uh, $1.5 million to, to the winner. Uh, the Women's Open this year uh, actually gave out the first seven-figure winner's paycheck, a $1 million. Um, and so this is obviously significantly higher at $1.5 million. Uh, in, in the past, the CME bonus money, only the, the top handful of players, you know, nine or ten players, were eligible to, to win the million-dollar uh, bonus. And this year is the first year that anyone who makes the field uh, can win it all. So rather than having a $500,000 a first place prize, and then uh, someone else could potentially win the million dollars. It's all combined into one big number, and and I love it because I think it's so much easier for fans to follow. I think that you know I, I love the fact that you know the the last player in could walk, which happens to be Stacey Lewis, could walk away you know with with the biggest paycheck in, in women's golf history. Uh, and and I think we we like rooting for underdogs, right, mm-hmm. in this game. But but we also would love to see Nellie Corda win for the first time on home soil and take home a huge prize. You know, so many that I think that would that would have a huge impact for the for the women's game. So, uh, significant step for CME to to approach the LPGA with this idea um, and this um, decision to to raise the bar uh, substantially. And hopefully, it's something that trickles down to you know the rest of the the sponsors on tour. Has there been any? Uh negativity or backlash from some of the top players as far as like hey we should have a better chance at winning this i <laughs> right. per- personally i love it i think it's, it's like a all yeah. out sweepstakes here the last yeah. week and, you know get in and for then it's sure. a level playing field i think that's awesome but uh, for sure you know i think if you're one of those top players you know brooke henderson said yesterday you work you work hard all year to get into this position and then it's just like it was all erased you know i to- totally get that uh but but hey, that's what the Player of the Year awards for, right? And, and that's what we have enough, you know, season-long accolades. You know, I I don't know. I just I think it just is so much easier for fans to follow, and and just adds a lot more excitement, a lot more people in the mix. I, I think that's it. Like from a fan's perspective, it's fantastic. I, I certainly understand the the player's perspective, um, and it's just it's kind of nice from a pan, fan's perspective that the tour is doing something so transparently like in I'll say our interest but in the fans interest right because right. I, I think it'd be much easier to just kind of satisfy the top players keep things as is um but it, it's it's kind of refreshing that they took this bold swing and have have totally uh redone the the purse here and i don't have to do any math i don't have to like try to figure out all these little decimal points and what everybody has to do in the tournament within the tournament or if it's handicapped (laughs) yes exactly nobody gets a head start it's just you know yeah winner take all love it um well quickly on on the subject of this week do you uh, do you like to play prognosticator do you have any thoughts on (laughs) Uh, on who might win, I, uh, I know there's some, uh, you know, Jin Young Ko and uh, you yeah, know, some Jin of the Young other Ko. top names that are going to be tough to beat. But uh, she's she's actually actually a bit of a question mark now with her ankle. Uh, she had an ankle injury um, in in Taiwan and withdrew, and and I assumed all would be well by now that she'd be rested and uh but but apparently not she said yesterday that she, i said were you concerned that you might not be able to play this week and she said yeah yes and i'm still worried uh so um so that's interesting and hmm. I mean, of course you know beware of the injured golfer you know <laughs> she she could walk away win by 10 but um you know i i i i can't wait to see what i already mentioned her what nelly corda does this week i think she's the one that um is it's not that she has anything to prove, but I just think that we're ready for her to take that next step. You know, we're ready for her to make a a big statement and 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 winning the Australian Open earlier this year, following in her family's footsteps, was a fabulous storyline to begin the year. Mm-hmm. You know, defending in Taiwan, 
uh, you know, interesting for those who are awake. <laughs> but unfortunately, <laughs> when you keep winning overseas, uh, it's, 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 it's harder to get the traction, quite frankly, that, that it deserves. And so, um, so for her to win on American soil uh, would be, would be a, a huge boost for the LPGA to, to end the season on a note when there's not a whole lot going on elsewhere in the world of golf that this should be the main storyline for the week in golf. Mm-hmm. TC, who do you do you have any? Uh, I feel I'm like putting you on the spot a little just bit. Just seeing but. Beth Hand light up talking about, <laughs> about Nelly and watching her putt a little bit yesterday and everything. I think mm-hmm. she's, I, you know, um, I'm always I'm always a a uh, Brooke Henderson fan, but you yeah. know, although last she's l- the local. Although last time you were you know you're saying she plays too much. I last, I do I do spot. think she plays. Too <laughs> I would much. agree. I think I but. But I think that you know, I, I think there's something to be said for for gearing up for the big events, and for, but but I also think that right now her mentality is golf, 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 golf. Like that's literally like all that's in her head. That's her passion. That's what she wants to do. If she wasn't at a tour event and she was taking the week off, she'd she wouldn't be golf. resting. She'd, she'd be, be playing, playing golf. golf. <laughs> so she's like, I might as well be trying to win money and titles. Do you think there's there's a certain level of exhaustion right now? I mean, they've they've done. I know they had, they had last week off. Yeah, correct? so no, because usually they're coming from China so, straight so here. Lost, this yeah. is like vacation. Okay. Compared to years past, like players are literally like flying from Asia into Naples and teeing it up. And I don't even know how they are upright, to be honest with you, because I know if I've come back from Asia, it takes me a while to get to get my body, my mind, my sleep. I'm – I'm just amazed that they're able to do that, but but so this is this is a totally different scenario, and that they've they've all had a week off, and uh, and they all can win. There's a different buzz around. I feel because everyone's pushing a little harder because they can all win the big prize. Was that a conscientious decision by the tour to to give strengthen a week the off? field? I think. Well, I, well, I think another big thing of the 1.5 million is you had some Asian players. If you're not in contention to win the million dollar bonus, why not just stay in Asia after the Asian swing and not come to this mm-hmm. event? So you know now you have a stronger field because we can all anyone can win the 1.5 million. So um, and I, you know, I think that. Um, there should be some space. The tour can't always do what it wants to do, but I definitely think there should be some space coming from Asia, just like there's space after Singapore before mm-hmm. they start the West Coast swing. Uh, do I think, most players play all four events in Asia? Uh, no, no, not the top players. Okay. The top players usually, um, like, shoot, Lexi only plays one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, a lot of them take off um, – you know, at least one event. But a lot of the top Asian players are also playing in KLPGA events uh-huh. and Japan events. So they might be taking off one of the LPGA's Asian events and, and then... supplementing it with something that they have to do for one of their sponsors. So Gotcha. Well, on, on that note, um, should we get into just some brief end of year? Yeah. Well, I think kind of run through some highlights from the LPGA from, you know, I think starting at the Solheim Cup, if that's... If Tiger hadn't won the Masters, <laughs> no, I mean, I, I just, I, it could have been the story in golf, right? Suzanne Patterson's walk-off retirement wins the Cup, like, you know. That was the best yeah. finish I've ever seen in it any was, team event. It was extraordinary. It was absolutely extraordinary. And, no, you know, gosh, no one could have, I mean, I... It was funny because I went on – I felt kind of silly. I went on Golf Channel earlier in the week, and we were talking about it. And I said, Su- this this could be something where Suzanne feels the spark and wants to come back and play, you know, for another five years. Or she could just walk off and never play again after this. And But I said that not thinking that anything like this would happen, you know. <laughs> I just meant, you know, this could be the I'm satisfied, you know. And, uh, and it was – it was a moment no one will forget. I mean, the first tee was unforgettable for me. I mean, the way the fans lined the fairway, and you know, it was it was the largest grandstand that they've ever had at the Solheim Cup. Uh, it was essentially the same setup as the Ryder Cup, and and it was packed. I mean, there was an, an extraordinary electricity, just the sheer number of people there uh, in some in some crummy weather at times too, and and 
and you know the finish was spectacular. That was gonna be one of my questions. Was it as cold as as everybody yes. was? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they're hardy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you seen? It seems like the Solheim Cup is really trending in a direction where it's it's becoming much more. Um, of a focal point for all of golf fans. It, do you mm. see that same thing? Have, have you noticed from somebody who's covered, you know, a, a number of them now, do, do you notice it kind of gaining more and more stature and, and kind of becoming a, a bigger deal, if you will? Yeah, I think, I think just from a spectacle standpoint, just what it looks like on TV, what it feels like on the ground, it just gets bigger and bigger every year. And I think, you know, when you're a fan and you tune in, on television and you you can see all of those fans and you can you can feel their excitement it, it translates through the TV screen and, and unfortunately there are some LPGA events many LPGA events where, where we don't see that kind of foot traffic and we can't hear you know the excitement in the gallery and 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 that that comes through the TV and so I think um, I think that's just part of part of the building process and and also it didn't help you know I mean, it didn't hurt, excuse me, to have the Americans, you know, lose a few mm-hmm. <laughs> in, a, in a row and yeah. then and then yeah. have, you know, everybody get rallying around what's wrong with the Americans and then superhero Julie Inkster comes in and saves the day and everyone rallies around Julie Inkster, you know. I mean, that that was, that was huge. <laughs> Talk about, I, I know Julie Inkster is somebody that everybody we meet who's, you know, remotely kind of involved in the game of golf, like cannot say enough positive things about yeah. like Julie Inkster and how cool of a person she is is I, I just yeah. is she she's real yeah I think that's I think that's the thing that that people gravitate toward toward Julie because she 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 says what's on her mind there's little to no filter usually <laughs> uh, you know she's you know whether she's talking to you about you know baseball or or or, or what's happening on the LPGA. I mean, she's just so um, fun to be around, fun, just just a normal person. For, for such a decorated athlete, you know, there's there's no pretense there. It's just, you know, you know, here, here I am. You know, what, what do you need? What do you want? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think that realness players appreciate. They know where they stand with Julie. Julie's honest. Uh, you know, sh- and, and there's – there's no baloney. <laughs> she, do you think she'll come back to the Solheim Cup? I, I know, because I think one of the fallouts was she had kind of said, you know, she's going to step away. and She'll always be a part of the Solheim Cup. There's no question about that. Um, you know, they haven't made any announcements yet on the LPGA. Um, you know, it's funny because she said she, uh, she said at the Solheim Cup that she had – she was not going. She wasn't going to take the phone call, you know, when right. I asked her that question. Then, then we asked it again at the at French Lick at the Senior LPG Championship. It was a little bit different, you know. It was, <laughs> it, she she opened the door again, and I was like, "Wait, what just happened there?" <laughs> so, but you know, her 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 best friend Pat Hurst has been one of her ass captains, as Julie so affectionately <laughs> refers to her assistant captains as her ass captains. For you know the last three cups, and and certainly uh, is is a worthy uh, potential captain, and I don't think Julie would want to stand in the way of Pat Hurst or whoever else is you know next in line either. And I, um, I think she would love to do it forever, but I also think that um, she wants to give other other players a, a shot. Was the the one at uh, in Des Moines was that mm-hmm. when, where you really felt like it? Trend up. Like, yeah, like like Randy, what you were talking about earlier, like just the stature goes. It up, seemed like up. it yeah. seemed like Des Moines. You know, we're we're, I think on the spectrum of golf fans, like we're probably on the side of like we're we're passionate golf fans, and I think certainly knew about the Solheim Cup, but I think that the Solheim Cup in Des Moines was the first time I was like, whoa, like this is like I, like, I want to be there. Like we've yeah. put 2021 in Toledo on the calendar. Like we, we have to be there. <laughs> um, I mean, A, a Inverness is awesome. And then B, yeah. it just seems like a perfect locale, like right in the smack dab in the Midwest to where mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. can come from Detroit, Chicago, Columbus, you know, Indianapolis. And yeah. And all congregate there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it seems like they, they kind of laid the groundwork in, like, was there something, was there a big difference between that one and? So, so it, it varies a lot on, on, on the site, to be honest with you. And, 
And I, I do think that Julie does bring um, a vibe to the first tee. Julie dancing on the first tee, you know, the way the players are a little bit looser. You know, the, the fans react to all that all that as well, you know. They, they feed off of that too. Um, Crooked Stick was my first Solheim Cup, which is in 2005. And I don't know if it was because it was my first and I'd never, never been to one before or if it's just my revisionist history. But I remember it being outstanding like I I I just remember it being massive Mm -hmm. and and I didn't feel that way again and really to that extent until Des Moines Mm -hmm. and so you know it it didn't feel that way at Rich Harvest it didn't feel that way um in Colorado to me um and, and and I think you know a lot of that has to do with the amount of people the buzz I mean there there was the weather, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I mean, there, there are a lot of factors, yeah. but there was, you know, sometimes it, 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 it can feel flat, you know, and, and the Americans were, the Americans were, were on fire in Des Moines. So I think that probably had a little bit of something to do with it too. <laughs> well, let's make you prognosticate. I know one of the things we wanted to uh, ask you, and it's kind of a fun thought exercise, oh, uh, <laughs> but we're going to put you on the spot. I think uh, I apologize in advance. But just thinking about the American Solheim Cup team this year, 2019, yeah. who, who do you think are up-and-coming players that you see has a good chance to be on that 2021 team? We promise nobody will hold this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, that's tough. I mean, so, so my mind automatically goes to people that I think will be on the team first. Mm-hmm. You know, then I, it's more difficult to toss people out, right? But – but I think Cupcho will be on, on on the next one. I th- I think Kristen Gilman will be on the next one. Uh, these are two two players who had outstanding rookie seasons, qualified for the for the Asian events, and and I think will win soon on the LPGA. Um, I mean, Haley Moore could be on the next yeah. one for crying out loud. I mean, I'm not I'm not kidding. I think the LPGA yeah. is. I think you're really going to see her game blossom on on these setups. Um, so who doesn't? We're, who doesn't yeah, I know, and team? that's tough. Yeah, we're we're kind of asking you yeah. to name names. So so so, we, so going don't... down the line, like Lexi, <laughs> Nellie, Danielle, like they, like they yes, seem yes, like, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, Lizette, Jessica, Megan Kang, uh, Marina, Brittany Altamar. Which who like, did she miss a putt? I know, that I was know. Insane. <laughs> it's 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 saying that you know. Brittany's been so consistent. It would be hard to say that that consistency is going to go away. Yeah. Uh, I feel like she's just starting to reach her stride. Um, it's, it's, you know, I mean, we'll, so we're talking in two years, uh, you know, where will Stacey Lewis's game be in two years? How much will she be playing? Will she be playing a big enough schedule to, um, to, to be in the mix? You know, well, is same with Christy Kerr. You mm-hmm. know, where is she going to be in a couple of years? I mean, obviously Christy wasn't on the team, but I'm just saying, you know, even veteran players, um, Stacy was obviously on the team, and yeah. then, um, and then had to had to withdraw. But like, um, like uh, Angel Yen, she'll be a stalwart for. Yeah, it's you know. it's uh, that's a tough question. Yeah, I know. So it, I guess the question comes down to who, like, who's knocking on the door? Who are the ones that? Yeah, that's said, that's probably the yeah. easier way to. Yeah, I mean, I like I said, I think yeah. I think I think some of the rookies on the LPGA this year, uh, Cupcho and Gilman, have a have a really strong chance. And if and if I'm if I'm the captain, especially you know Gilman, like Danielle Kang, two time U.S. Women's Amateur champion, you know, loves match play, um, you know, just a, a no nonsense, um, head down, get it done, get it done player, and 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 we've seen that. You know what Cupcho did, I think, is pretty extraordinary in, in being able to keep her card with only half a season and qualify for this season-ending event, mm-hmm. and not even starting her career until June. Do you envision, and 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 I guess this will get into the UL uh, tournament as well. But mm-hmm. do you envision there ever being something similar to the Solheim Cup with U.S. versus, say, Korea? You know, I, w- I mean, it's never going to happen. I just I just wish they would have combined the women with the President's Cup, right? I mean, why can't we just have the men and women together in the President's Cup? It would be a whole lot That'd more be, interesting yeah. than what we've got going on now. <laughs> or, so, make, or make the Olympics a team, like, a team competition. Yeah. That was that, a that's where I feel whiff. like they whiffed. Yeah. That was a whiff. Um, you know, there's 
I don't know that there will ever be a just U.S. versus Korea, that's it match. Um, boy, boy, wouldn't that be interesting. Be so cool. <laughs> I mean, I we, we love seeing it at, at the crown. We love it when that happens at the international crown. So um, and that's and that's a tournament. Like I, I don't really know all that much about it. It happens mm. every every two years, mm-hmm. every other yeah. year. So, like, take me there. Like, what it 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 moves around. I guess it it's moves in around. London, it was, it was in year. South Korea last year. Okay. Um, right, correct. It's going to England um, for next year. But yeah, so um, you know the the trick with the crown is you have to have enough people from your country to qualify. So like, there's no New Zealand team because. There's Lydia, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So, so that that's sort of the only the only problem with creating a system in which all your star players have a chance to go, you know, participate, because you, you know for the crown you, you you have to have four players. So um, that can be that can be tough for a country like New Zealand. Um, but but it does it it, it pits um countries against countries so so you have and and it was in korea last year which was insane the number of people that were there the the level the shrieking that was like a rock concert (laughs) i mean it like literally like hurt my ears (laughs) it was uh it was it was fascinating to watch Uh, i mean i've been to korea many times to but it was, but I've never been there for a competition in which they are representing their country. Mm-hmm. So it was on a on a different level, um, and 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 for them to win, you know, which which we all you know assumed would happen, um, you know, was was exactly the way the LPGA could have you know scripted it up themselves. You know, it was a it was a fantastic uh, experience. But but yeah, so um, England was a very strong team uh, last year and. Um, and it's a, it was a great concept that, that Mike Wan and, and his team came up with to, to provide uh, something for the rest of the world to get involved in. Uh, I just wish that I just wish that you know it was something that the men could have could yeah. have team on. Do you foresee anything? I know there's I've been heard, talks I've heard and there's talk rumors. Of the world Cup. And there's um, the the ladies European tour doing something in in Sweden next year, correct? Yes, yes. Um, but it's it's not it's not like a team competition, yeah. you know. Just it's just team. There's something different about teams, right? There's mm-hmm. just a more of a, you know. It was, it was funny. I was talking to somebody recently about, um, you know, they think the the Solheim Cup. The reason so many people get up for the Solheim Cup is because you know there is that you know that fiery I want to beat you. It's not so much clapping for your opponent or or. Um, you know the the hugs and the the water bottle celebrations on 18. There's a lot more you know fire and that people people like that. It's real. Yeah. yeah. So not I mean and that and that is goes against what the LPGA is you know on a, on a, on a weekly basis, which which some people love that about the LPGA and that and and some people don't. Just talking schedule stuff a little bit too. They um, so the. Vic Open is that mm-hmm. now LPGA co-sanctioned for 2020? It is. It, yeah, it, it, it was this year as well, okay. um, and and that that has the men and the women playing for an equal purse um, off of different tees, but um, you know, and the, the the LPGA didn't have a super strong field to be honest in terms of the number of star players that went down there. It's a tough spot on the schedule uh, coming before the Australian Women's Open, and then. And then the limited field events in Thailand and Singapore, you know, not everyone wants to go four weeks in a row on the other side of the world. So, um, unfortunately, to have such a cool concept where you're playing for an equal purse, um, but, you know, to not have your star players there, both from the European Tour and the LPGA, um, you know, there's there's a lot left to be improved upon, I think. Do you think it'll be a better field? This coming year, I hope so. Just people kind of testing it out. I, I hope so because I think, you know, I think it's I think it's important. Hey everybody, sorry to interrupt, uh, but you know we got to pay the bills. As I mentioned previously, today's episode is brought to you by Herbal Active. We thank them for their sponsorship. They've been a wonderful partner. Herbalactive.com. U R B A L A C T I V. dot com. Uh, we have a promo code going, TrapDraw20, for 20% off every purchase uh, over there on their website. Tron, i got to bring you in again. You still sleeping well? 
Well, first of all, I didn't know they were even paying us. I, you know, I thought this was. Just, I thought this was just. Hey, we're gonna talk about CBD a little bit now. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm still sleeping great, man. I know that's been one of the benefits. I think or maybe the most welcome benefit that that you found certainly. Yeah, that, and then as the seasons change, gets a little damp and and uh, colder. My joints typically hurt, and especially my left knee, and uh, have not had that quite as much. So um, there's just just little things that. You don't really notice them during the day, and then you kind of look back and you're like, "Man, that I feel better." Um, well, talk to you, what, what's your regimen? Because there's there's drops, there's uh, balm, and there's mints. What what do you like? To oh, do? Well, I was taking the key lime mints, and then our guys over at Herbal Active were like, "You're not even doing the drops." I said, "I, don't, I didn't even." I didn't. Sir, <laughs> we didn't we didn't know there were drops. Yeah. Sir, well, I mean, I knew there were drops, but the <laughs> the uh, mints were working so well. They're like, "No, you got to use the drops as the foundation." use the mints to supplement, which, so I basically, I take, uh, I do it actually in the afternoon. I know DJ puts it in his coffee. I do it, uh, just put like a couple drops, um, in the afternoon and like a, just a bottle of water, shake that up and then take a mint like right after dinner. And cause I typically do it more like it builds up in your system. I, I like it for kind of hitting me more at night. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, nice. Um, so check it out. Herbalactive.com. And be sure to use the promo code TrapDraw20. And thanks uh, again to Herbal Active. Now back to today's show with uh, Beth Ann Nichols. Are there any issues? What, what do you think the women's, the, the LPGA Tour specifically, Are there is there anything they, they're not doing that, in your opinion, they could do a lot better in terms of schedule or, you know, certain events, locations, anything like that? Are, are there any glaring weaknesses? You know, I think from a, from a player perspective, they they love the fact that there are a lot more tournaments. They just wish that it was a little bit easier to get from point A to point B. There's a lot of crisscrossing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm blown away at when the men complain about travel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they've got nothing to they yeah. got nothing to say. Yeah, and you know, it's, and and but it's it's a difficult thing for the LPGA. You know, they have a lot of moving parts. They have a lot of sponsors that come and go. You know, obviously, you have your your majors rotating sites and and. Um, and I think I think it's not just the fact that that the women are playing this global schedule; it's the fact that even within that, it's it's hard, it's hard to to, to move in a you know, and sometimes in a way that makes sense without, mm-hmm. like I said, crisscrossing back and forth. So I think that uh, for long for the longevity of players, uh, for players to be able to um, and your stars to be able to be out here long enough for people to know their names and know their stories, you know, and I, I think that. That's important because so many players are starting young, and they're they're obviously they're playing for a lot more money, and and they might not play as long, and and some of them don't want to combine families with, um, with with a competitive schedule. So it's important, I think, for longevity of players to make the schedule as player friendly, shall we say, as possible. Um, I I I think Mike Wan has done an outstanding job. I think. The one thing that's missing on this tour, which is what I'm going to write about today, and it's talked about so much, is a dominant player. We just have not had a dominant player. We, there's no one that people are clamoring to come see because they know their name from other sports, you know, your casual sports fan. Um, and that's it's, – it's important to have this array of global stars for the tour to be strong in all these different parts of the world. And, yes, when you go to Thailand – Area Jutanagarn is a star, and yes, now Shibuno is 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 a rock star in Japan after winning the 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 Women's British Open. But but here we don't we don't have that. Do you, you know? think that person is currently on the tour, or do you think there's just so much depth and parity that they're just going to keep going like this, or do you think there's somebody coming up through the ranks that's going to? It's it's a, it's, a, it's a good question. Wouldn't we love to? Say, I I feel like I'm I'm beating the Nelly Cordes. Nelly, I, well, that's exactly rank. what was going through my mind. But that's yeah. what, you know. Is she going to get there? Is she going to get there? You know, and um. But in your mind, she has the most upside of. of... I think Jin Young Ko has tremendous upside, and I think I think Jin Young Ko has not only this um, consistent play, but this attitude that she's enjoying where she's at she talks a lot about the importance of you know being happy on the golf course she's she she laughs freely in her press conferences she looks like she's having a good time she's had such a commitment to learning to speak english to be able to communicate with 
players and fans and, and embrace this role of being number one. There's a lot of aspects of Jin Young Ko that remind me of Lorena Ochoa. And and I think there needs to that there's a whole package that goes along with being number one and you really have to want it and, and, and embrace it. And she sees a bigger picture in a similar way to the way Lorena saw a bigger picture. And 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 so I think Jin Young Ko, you know, could be that player potentially. Um you know, does it does it matter if it's an American player? Of course, you know, for mm-hmm. it's it's an it's a U.S. based tour. If it was an American player, it would it would it, it does matter. But I do think that golf fans and sports fans, regardless of where you're from, rally around extraordinary athletes. You know, they rally around record breaking athletes, dominant athletes. That that's what they want. That's what they crave. That even if you don't, even if there are aspects of that athlete you don't like or appreciate, you still respect what they're doing and, and you gravitate towards that. And that's sort of what the LPGA has been missing since, since you know, Lorena and Annika retired. There really just hasn't been anybody that's been able to, they've, they've gotten there for a stint, a, a period of time, Yanni, Lorena, I mean, Yanni, Lydia, um, you know, Aria was there for a little bit, but but they can't. They, There's nothing they longevity can, there. Yeah, it, not, not enough to really, get into discussions of where does this player rank among the greats in the game. You know, we don't we don't have those conversations. How many tournaments do like does Jin Young Ko or um, uh, like Lee Six, like how many tournaments do they play back in Korea a year? Oh, that's a good question. I should know the answer to that. I think they play an extra like two or three. Okay. Um, so they're just they're just supplementing. They're not kind of playing a like no, a split no. Here and there. It could be more than that. You might have double check me on, yeah. me on that, but but uh, but basically, I think a lot of it has to do with sponsorship obligations. You know, whatever you see on their hat, it, that if that sponsor has a tournament in Korea, they'll be playing in it. <laughs> so it's usually pretty easy to figure out, you know, why they're over there playing that week. <laughs> I'm always blown away too, just how young, like uh, you know, S. H. Park. Like she's she she was a rookie what two years ago. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like her swing. I just watched her swing at club. And I'm like, wow! Like, yeah, it's mesmerizing. How are, how are you? Like, how are <laughs> you not winning every right. every time yeah. you go out? Right. Have we not talked about her yet? But but yeah. that but that's exactly that's sort of yeah. the nature of the problem. Is that you know a couple of years ago, all we're talking about is SH Park. You know, yeah. Tiger. Ooh. They call her Tiger Woods. You know, yeah. and the and and. And then now it's like, well, we're not really talking about S.H. Park anymore. Now yeah. we're talking about Jin Young Ko. Or and Brooke. golf fans are like, who's Jin Young Ko? Like, how <laughs> old's Brooke? Like, 22? Ridiculously young. Yeah, I said that in August. Like, she's like, at least four years younger than I would have guessed. <laughs> like, I think she's – what? yeah, here, I'll, I'll look it that, up. That's the, that's the thing. You know, they, they – I, I, I was talking to Andrea Lee yesterday about Stanford player who's been number one about her decision to turn pro, and I said, I feel like you're 30. Like, I feel like you're, you're turning – you've been at the top of the game for so long how has that worked from from your perspective with the ability for um, these players who are still in college to defer their Mm. membership do you think that's been a net net positive for the game or do you think it's kind of muddled the waters a little bit as far as yeah kind of having your feet in two camps right i I have been to enough Q schools in the past where you had to make a decision on the spot and players were unprepared for it. And they're reduced to tears and they're, they didn't even know what to do. I have limited status. What does that mean? How many events am I going to get? But you had to make a decision literally in the parking lot mm-hmm. before you left. And, and I didn't like that system. So I thought the deferment was a step in the right direction in order for players to be able to to really take some time before they make this decision. Uh, but when we saw we saw what happened with Jennifer Cupcho, she chooses to defer. She wins the Augusta National Women's Amateur, makes a deep run at, at NCAAs, and, and goes on and is here, keeps her card, wins over half a million dollars. Maria Fossey wins, defers, Same wins the deal. NCAA championship, yeah. keeps her card. And now no one else is doing that. We've had five players that went to college players that went to Q series, received some sort of status, whether it was semester tour, LPGA, and all five have decided to turn pro immediately and leave their college programs. 
And it and is that just to get the just because they feel like it's they, essentially get the full season? Yes, they okay. feel like for the most part they feel like they they can't afford to wait. Now, Aubin Valenzuela is an exception in that she has a chance to play in the Olympics again. She did that in 2016 for Switzerland, and that's her main goal. She just wants to she just wants to play in the Olympics in Tokyo. But for the most part, it is exactly you know I, I have I, I I don't want to go back to Q series. Whatever I have to do to not go back to Q series, which I understand. But it's just such a shame for college programs, for the message that it sends, for, you know, like I, like I wrote, it's, it's just like having the draft for the NBA in February. You know, that's exactly what it is. We're going to ruin all of March Madness. <laughs> We're going to have the draft in February. And, and I, I just, I just it, there's got to be a better way. Well, and it seems like there's so many tournaments on the schedule, too, that you could, like, you have ample opportunity because NCAA's well, are what May like. The problem mid-May? is the back half of this tour is all limited field events. Okay. So and and there's you know several majors in there as well that you would have to qualify for. So so it it is hard to do what Jennifer Capcio did. There's no question about it. But you know I just wish that they would have some sort of uh, either wraparound system where you know if you de- if you deferred until June you you could have sort of like a medical you could have you know more time the following year you know to get your complete year in or or just flat out give give players exemptions and onto the semester tour you know you you know there there's got to be a, a better way than essentially gutting college programs in the middle of the year yeah yeah it was fascinating we were talking to Lauren Coughlin, we were at uh, Pinehurst with, with, with Lauren and her husband for a few days, and she was talking about that, and then how many how many ladies were on major medicals and uh, maternity leaves, yes. which is something that you never even consider. Yeah. But you're like, man, there's like there's and and it's a it's a long leave, right? Yeah, and your and your your priority status just keeps dropping. Like you know, you you think at Q series when you leave, okay, yeah. well I'm probably gonna be here. And the reality is, you know, Andrea Lee's like 162 or 163 on the priority list, you know. And even if you don't understand the priority list, you understand that most full field events are 144 players. So if you're in the 160s, you know, you're, you're hoping a lot of people are skipping. <laughs> uh, and then I think something else that, like, this year, I think if you get – is it top five, like, you don't get into the next week? Like, somebody got – somebody – Played really, really well in one of the oh, tournaments oh, this year. Oh, 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 top automatic top tens. Yeah, the LPGA's yeah. never had that, which I've been writing about that for years or tweeting about it since we've had Twitter. <laughs> which that seems like such an easy fix. So, right? I, I, I know, I know. I, I, I agree. F- not only for, you know, any any time you have a player like Yulimi No, right, contend to win an, uh, contend to win a title. She's a non-member. She has no status. She has all this buzz around her at this event. Wouldn't it be great if she could now tee it up the next week automatically yeah. because she just had a top 10 finish or, or a top two finish? <laughs> but the LPGA doesn't have that role. Um, I think it's a crying shame because I think it's a great way to, for, for young talent to be able to, to, to get valuable experience or potentially earn their card. Also, you know, it creates buzz. You know, it's, it's what people want to see, that snowball effect of following who's hot now, who's this young young talent we've never heard of before, you know, for the for your average golf fan. Mm-hmm. So, you know, but it but it all comes down to spots in the field, you know. Um, there just aren't as many – there aren't as many tournaments on the LPGA as there are in the PGA Tour to begin with. So there aren't as many total starts, you know, as, if you looked at it as a whole. There aren't as many sponsor exemptions. You know, it's there's, there's just a lot of things where it's it's just – trying to protect the folks that already have cards to allow them to have a place to play is essentially. Plus no, I, think, I think the other thing that kind of gets missed too is like there's no there's no fall series. There's no opposite field Correct. events to where you're getting, you know, you're getting you have a, if you didn't 8 make to it 12 in, of guaranteed starts a year. Right, you know? right. Um, Brooke Henderson, yeah. 22 years old. 22. Oh, there we go. Which is, yeah. <laughs> Like she should be twenty six or twenty seven, right? And I I lose track of time. When you when you win on the LPGA at sixteen, I'm I don't know how old you are. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, we exactly. played with Annie Park yesterday, and I mean I, I was blown away. I'm like, how does she not win all the time? She, I know she didn't. She I, I think she missed one fairway all day, and and just blown away by 
you know, yep. God, you're so good. <laughs> the, the long putter gave her life again. <laughs> Which I was trying it out. People are people are jumping all over me. People online. are not happy with you. <laughs> he posted a picture of me testing out the long putter. I was not anchoring it, uh, and uh, and I. You got a lot the of smoothest roll I think I've seen in years <laughs> off off the flat stick. So his eyes lit up. I th- I really think I would love if you switched to the uh, to the, the problem is stick. I'd have to carry two putters because I putt from off the greens a lot. Uh, so I have to carry a putter to putt from off the greens. Well, so that could be problematic. Another, <laughs> yeah. So uh, one story I wanted to ask you about is Cheyenne Knight winning in Texas and seemingly, I, I mean, talented of course, but you know, based on her. 2019 results kind of seem to be out of nowhere mm. uh and, and is a good story i was just wondering if you could kind of talk about that week and what that win uh meant for her yeah it was kind of wild um on sunday in indianapolis which was the week ahead of texas cheyenne uh she is taking a practice swing in the fairway and and her divot moves her golf ball you know, one of those wild, crazy things during a practice swing. And uh, and I get on the phone with her after the round to talk about, you know, this crazy rule and, you know, and how these this, this penalty could potentially keep her from keeping her card because she's so close to the, to the 100th on the money list. And, you know, she said to me, if I were to have a really strong finish next week in Texas, you know, these these penalty strokes could be the difference between me going back to Q school and not, you know. And and so that was our conversation on Sunday. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then the next Sunday, she's hoisting a trophy. And it's like, oh, my gosh, we, weren't we just talking about the fact that you might yeah. not keep your card? You yeah. know, and so yeah. that's how her season was going <laughs> compared to uh, the turnaround. So it did seemingly come out of nowhere for, for for most of us because it had been a struggle but but Cheyenne you know she she had limited status when she came out uh, for her rookie year and she Monday qualified in Phoenix and that sort of kick-started her because they you know she gets into the reshuffle she gets into more events and and then you know by October she's hoisting a trophy and and it, and it was a special a special win she's a Texan you know she she wasn't very 60 miles I think down the road to her home um, and and she won it for her brother who who passed away in a, in a drunk driving accident um, when, when she was young and and she she plays for Brandon that that's, that's what she's always said and it's, it was an emotional victory a heartfelt victory you know you saw her look up toward the heavens right after um you know she closed the deal and 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 she was looking up to him and it was it was a special sunday wasn't yeah. there something with the third the number 33 yeah um oh yeah there was a I, I, that was his number his, his football, football number. number um and then she shot 33 on th- both I, it's been a while guys yeah, <laughs> but, no, but yes no, there was a yeah. lot of beautiful sim- yeah. sim- synergy there yeah i think she closed with a back 933 i believe on on Sunday, on Sunday. Um, no, I'll have to go back and read yeah. my story. It was but but to p- to put kind of that in perspective too, you know, going from potentially losing her card, having to go back to Q series, to winning, and now she's now qualified she's here. here this week, and now you know four good days, and she could win one and a half million dollars. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of cool. <laughs> she went to Whataburger um, after uh, after she won and uh, was dancing in the kitchen with her parents to We Are the Champions. That's how she celebrated uh, her. So I can only imagine Texas what, what she would yeah. do here yeah. after if she were to win 1.5, how she would splurge. Chipotle maybe? I don't know. <laughs> um, as far as – I want to talk about uh, Shibuno. She's not taking up – I know, I LPGA know. LPGA membership. Here I was so excited. Uh, uh, but, you know, I think it makes sense, though, if you look at it from the standpoint of Tokyo. It's all about trying to qualify for the Olympics. And she's still going to be able to play in in some, some limited field events. She's still going to play in, in majors. Um, so she's going to have, you know, starts in big events next year. But, um, but, you know, making that transition to the LPGA and all that comes with that, you know, all that change might actually hurt her chances of, mm-hmm. of qualifying for the Olympics in Tokyo. And I, and I, I think it makes sense to put it off for this, for this reason um, and, and, and try to get her card 
uh, maybe for 2021. So I'm I'm bummed we're not going to be seeing her as much as I had hoped next year. But her pace of play was inspirational. Oh, it, it was that, that was phenomenal. I mean, I know we said Solheim Cup could have been the most yeah. like that. Her final round was my favorite moment of the LPGA season. I mean, it yeah. was, was unbelievable. That, and, and and I was kind of you know I was kind of in a bad mood because I was like, man, they're playing this at Woburn. Like, it's not a link <laughs> and all that. Then the final round was just unbelievable. Uh, like, yeah, then you forgot about it, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. no, it, it was. It was, uh, gosh, the she, fact that she, she, never played she never played outside, outside of Japan. Japan. I know, it's, it's, it's mind-blowing. And again, her manager's dressed her up manager. like a clown, you know, in costume every day. Uh, <laughs> it, I yeah. mean, it just doesn't get better, does it? Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the folks, so she declined the option to join the LPGA for 2020. She'll have to re-earn a, a card essentially at some point. To th- there's no, you know, it, it's a one-time decision. Correct. Okay. Yes. All right. Yes. How many tournaments do you make it to a year? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I'm probably usually at around a dozen LPGA events, and then I I go to the NCAA Championship. Um, I usually go to the Women's Am, the Masters, U.S. Open. You know, so I'm kind of at a wide variety of of events throughout the season. So, do you try to mix fun. it up season to season, or do you do you typically go back to? Um, I go to different tournaments. The LPGA has five majors. So yeah. that right there, you represent the five majors. That, that takes up a lot of time. Um, but I go to a lot of the same events every year, but um, I try to mix it up when I can. It just depends on where all the other stuff is falling into place with nationals. And I, I, I love covering amateur golf and college golf as well. It's just it's, it's refreshing, and, and, and you get to know the players, you know, before they come out here. And get to know their stories and their families, and, and it's, it's, it's an invaluable time. What are your favorite tournaments to go to as far as LPGA? Ooh, uh, as far as, well, I love the Women's Open. I love that because of what I just said. I'm, I'm, it's the one tournament where you have all the best amateurs in the world, you know, the hotshot juniors, you know, combined with the best pros in the world. So and for reference, you're saying U.S. Women's Open. U.S. Women's Open. Because we've got some, we, we've got some <laughs> listeners over in – over yes. in the UK, that they would say, I do enjoy well, women's the open AIG the... Women's British yeah. Open. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But there you uh, go. but 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 no, I, definitely the US Women's Open is my favorite event just because of of, of the field and 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 who all's there. And, and usually, I can't wait for Pebble Beach when the the women play for the first time there in, in the coming years. But um, but uh, you know, I've all that being said, I've always enjoyed um. The Founders Cup in Phoenix, uh, it's usually a good atmosphere. It's sort of like the first day of school because a lot of players are making their mm-hmm. their debut uh, for the season, and um, there's a relaxed vibe about it, um, you know, and, and it's always good to see the Founders, too, that are there. Any uh, – or I guess two questions. What are your favorite college events to attend to? And, and, <laughs> B, and B, what – are are there any teams that are kind of up and coming out there? Any coaches that are you're 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 really keeping an eye on them? They're, they may not have been on the radar the last few years, but they're really making strides. Uh, I I think Ole Miss has been a, it's been a joy to watch what Ole Miss has has been able to accomplish in the last few years and and the records that 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 program is setting and winning the SECs last year. Um, got a lot of play. It was it was fun because it's a match play event now at the SEC championship and. Um, you know, usually, usually conference tournaments don't get a whole lot of seemingly, you know, buzz, but, but, but that, that event got a lot of buzz last year and that was a lot of fun to see. Um, you know, I, I, I love, so, so this tournament sort of reminds me of regionals qualifying in a way and that regionals, you know, you're, you're focusing not on who wins regionals, but on the bottom of, of regionals, right? Who are the last few teams to get in to qualify for the mm-hmm. national championship? And, and I think that's what's happening here at the CME. You know, we've had so much. And even now, people are still talking about who's number one in the CME. Like, who cares who's number one or number four or number five in the CME? It doesn't you matter. You just have to get in. You, you just have, to, have to be in the top six. Right. So our focus yeah. now is on, you know, the bottom ten, you know, mm-hmm. you know for – whatever what are we at 55 to 65 basically mm-hmm. like who's who's moving in there you know that's yeah. going forward where we're going to be looking in that that's fun in a different way you know I, I think so that's why regionals is a lot of fun um is the ncaa going to park the championship that in was my arizona the omaha of uh, <laughs> college yeah. golf yeah 
Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, they've, they've, they've got a three-year contract. It's a, um, is it Greyhawk? Mm-hmm, okay. Greyhawk, yep, men and the women. Uh, you know, I mean, for me personally, it's a bummer because I love going to – College towns. I love. I loved when Oregon won the at Oregon. Beth Ann. And the guy, oh, the, the, the chef to, is standing <laughs> on the roof. And <laughs> starting to yes. my language. And then the Beth women's Ann. one was even better. It was phenomenal. The next week. It was phenomenal. unbelievable. So, so that that's what's sad is that we're not going to get that. You know, we're and not going to get that. OSU, you know, Oklahoma State. The Blessings looked like it was one of the more more outrageous courses Uh, ever. That (laughs) that was nutty, for sure, for sure. Tough, tough one to walk for spectators. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, so, so that, that's the one thing that I, that I wish um, they could preserve. But I understand the notion that, you know, we're going to have potentially a lot better. I mean, it's going to be hot. But we've had some wild and wacky weather. And with the, the men and women going back to back, there is no wiggle room. If the women mm-hmm. don't finish on time, it's chaos <laughs> for, yeah. trying to, for, for TV purposes and moving the schedule around. And, and there's, just, there's just no wiggle room, especially if BYU qualifies. <laughs> so, so it's kind of – it can be a mess. So, so I understand why going to the desert, you know, is – is an attractive proposition, um, and of course, you know there should be a good, vo- great volunteer base there, and 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 hopefully, you know, will people will will want to come out every year, and there will be some sort of a fan base there. It was over interesting. The years. I saw I saw an email come through today. I'm sure you got it too. Where I guess the teams, it's like they're restricted from setting foot on property from April. First to May fifteenth for home fielded for home for advantage. Home, home advantage. They can't go yeah. scout it. They can't go play it. Anything like that. Yeah. I never really thought of that before. It, make, it makes sense though. But it's interesting that 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 you know you juxtapose that with previous years of teams playing their home right. course. Right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, that's very true. But I guess you can't have home course advantage every year, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. Great, yeah. I, I, ideally, you're like our subject matter. Like we just, this is fantastic. we just make this a recurring thing. Wow, <laughs> thank you. My face. I've enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much, and um, enjoy this week. And then hopefully you have a little time off after this week to you yes. know enjoy the holidays and, and get geared up for 2020. I guess last question: How's your game? Well, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't played a whole lot lately, so I'm excited for the season end because we actually get an off season on the LPGA. Yeah. So I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, awesome. We'll enjoy it. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Beth Ann.